Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about The Handmaid's Tale, Season 1, Episode 7, it's called The Other Side, full spoilers for the episode as always. So I thought this was an interesting episode, I thought this was kind of the perfect uh, kind of break in the in the season. Yeah, it was, a, it was a smart answer to the ending of the last episode. Yeah, because it ended with the... Because obviously the last episode ended with her get her getting the chance to write this note. So she she had that big great scene where she said all everything truthfully, and then this guy said, "Oh, your husband's alive," and handed her a pad, write something. So yeah, th- and obviously there was the possibility that he was lying. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a possibility. Um, although I mean, he if he was lying, it was very specifically. Like, why did he make a point of knowing this information to trick her, perhaps? I I mean, it, obviously, it did kind of moot at this point, but in my head, I'd guess that stuff would be, you know, it would, there would there'd be records. It was a marriage. It was it oh, was sure. it wasn't anything personal that he told her. It was just names uh, and places, which was which are all you know there, there are records of that, assuming they weren't destroyed. But um, you know, if you wanted to trick someone, I, I think last episode was very emotional from a character point of view because it was about her getting to a breaking point and finally like just saying all this stuff out loud. Yeah. Whereas this episode. Well, it did some stuff for Luke's character. It was more of a, a plot and mythology episode. Where yeah, it told us a lot just about the the state of the world, the larger world. Yeah, because we got we got a, we learned a lot more about like his side of it. Like the present day, if you were, if you will, in this episode is immediately after what we see in the first flashback at the start of the season, which is when when you know you know uh, June. I was, I, I was going to say it off. Off red, and I, I was like, no, I can't say off red. It's not right to say off red. So I had to think about June, uh, but her, uh, her and Hannah run off. But we stay with him. We stay with him this time, and we see yeah. where the gunshots come from and what happened and how he get picked up. And it actually has a proper like sci-fi dystopian feel, where he's like wandering through this town that's desolate and covered in snow. Uh, and again, if you watched the Fargo review, I was complaining that the snow was teasing me because it's really warm here today, and I was wanting the snow. I was wanting it badly. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? You know, that very first scene where we see him get shot. Yeah. Uh, at first, I was wondering, are we going to see him bleed out? And they confirm that he is dead. Because mm. obviously, in my head, I was still wondering if the thing from last episode was a trick, and then it was going to flash forward to you know the all, all the off yeah. stuff yeah. that whatever we normally get. Yeah, no, I, I can see, I can see that being a thought. I, I didn't. I, I think I just had a feeling that this was going to be a like his episode. Yeah, as soon as it continued, yeah. I was like, okay, I get it. This is it. We're not, we're never cutting back to. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, offered in this episode, it's not happening. Uh, with the one small exception, but it's perfect when it does cut to her because it's when he finally knows it's she's when alive. The, it's when the story is finally in, uh, overlap yeah. again. Yeah, but it's also when he knows she's alive, so it's when we finally... Because we don't, we don't, other than when she's in like his flashbacks in this episode, we yeah. never hear her voice until he knows she's alive, and we that's when we get to see her, what she looks like now, and we get to hear her voice. Uh, it, was, it was really perfect the way they executed that. But, no, so he goes through the snowy town, you know, it's, it's in uh, Boston, and he goes to the same coffee shop that we've seen the girls go into uh, yes. a couple of episodes ago in one of their flashbacks, which, uh, you know, where they got they're called sluts by the, the guy behind the counter. Yeah. Um, and that was a nice touch of thought, you know, seeing that even this place, you know, it's, it's run down now. Like this is how bad things. Yeah, have yeah, because we we saw it at its normalcy, and now we see it in yeah. this. I mean, obviously the people in it were starting to change because obviously that encounter with the guy, but uh, but, but every everything still looked on the surface looked normal. Yeah, yeah, but I, I guess that itself is kind of a message for like you know things on the surface still look normal for a while until 
you know. Yeah. Because even in the flashback, because the flashbacks, of course, are kind of the the sort of the end of their journey before all this started, where they they're, they're finally trying to leave, and it links up with the you know the opening flashback where he gets shot. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of like that that final attempt where, and they talk about how we should have left when you know when Moira did. We sh- we should have tried to run before now. Yeah. And uh, now it's a struggle. Now they have to hide in the you know in the boot in the car trunk. Uh, and there's that great moment where you, that that entire scene takes place inside inside the boot with them, and we never see. We just hear things. So at that, at that point where they stop, because it's actually like a sweet moment where they try to comfort each other, and they're yeah. having you know some nice moments, and then they stop and they hear the footsteps, and it's like really tense. Uh, direction was on point as well. What one of the, the the constant themes I was noticing actually the camera work uh, with Luke was. Uh, it it kept having him low down in the frame with a lot of headroom. In fact, sometimes when he was in the forest, just before he finds the uh, like the the backpack and stuff, yeah. to, so to confirm that they've been taken, uh, when he, he gets back out there, like it at times like his chin was cut off at the bottom of the frame, and the camera was kind of, and it was the idea that he was barely keeping above sea level, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, he he was just treading water basically. Yeah, uh, he was barely keeping his head above water. It, it was. This, Arguably not that subtle, but it worked really well because he, he is struggling. Uh, the direction's been on point throughout the entire show, but it was just... It, it, was, it, it was interesting. I also thought it was really interesting to have an episode from a, a man's perspective. Uh, yeah, because obviously this is a man's world at the minute. But we've yeah. been following it from the, the women at, you know, at every point. Yeah, and I, obviously that makes sense. It's, it's more their story, and they are the, the main victims in this. But I, I like this that we have an episode focusing from a man who is also, you know, the idea that, you know, not every man in the countries went, oh, this is nice. I like this. Oh, aye. Yeah, yeah, Handmaids yeah. and... The ones who remained normal, shall we say. Uh, yeah. yeah to, <laughs> uh, didn't turn into fascist dickheads. Maybe maybe is another way of putting it. Sure. Um, I know, obviously, there's varying degrees. There's some people who are, who are relishing in it. There's some people who, like Nick, who seem to have just kind of adapted for their own survival. Yeah, and there's clearly like, some who... Are doing it out of fear because yeah, you know, yeah. what what can they do from their perspective? I, again, there's a lot of parallels. You look at Nazi Germany. You look at the different people who were there. Was people who like loved you know that time period and loved be having the power and felt important. And there yeah, people and there were, were some scared. who were they were conscripted into it. They didn't have a choice. Yeah, they were scared about it. Yeah, but it, it was this idea of just this different perspective, and then this idea that we see this band of like survivors who like take him in and attend to his gunshot, and we meet these characters and we're like, oh, is this going to be like this? You know. And because we were thinking he's a part of the resistance, and it turns out he's not quite, at least not yet. Like he, he is more just a sort of refugee in Canada. We find, we find out there's a little a little America in Toronto, yeah. which I thought was really funny. Uh, and he's good friends with the, the one other survivor because a lot of the other people who help him, and it's quite sad actually because I think I think they, they do a really good job in a few scenes of making us care about uh, these various you know there's, there's a gay guy, a nun, and uh, the the main woman. Uh, uh, what's her name? Zoe. It's her name. Yes. And like they do a good job of making because Zoe's the one who convinces them. She takes them into like a church and says, "Look," and it's like just tons of bodies hung because they were hiding fertile women. And it's just like she convinces them, "No, like you cannot help her. If you try and go back and try and like be a hero right now, you will just die." Yeah. And that like, will this not this help is anyone. all that's left for you. Yeah. Uh, and so when she like gets shot as they're leaving on this boat, it's like really upset. And the only one that survives with them is a girl named Erin who doesn't speak. She's mute. And has been mute since uh, since this group of people found her. Uh, but we see then, like it cuts three years later to present day, which again gives us the time period because we, we were questioning like how long has it been since she was taken? Yeah, so three, years. It's been and, three years. And we can pretty much place her daughter's age, so we can kind of 
yeah, place a, a lot of it now. Yeah, because they, they also mentioned uh, she's 31 in present day. Uh, that's what the, uh, the yes the, the woman at the end said. The, 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 oh, yeah, you're right. The, the, I don't know, the government official? Uh, I yeah, I was uh, thinking government official. Yeah. She, she kind of has that air to her, doesn't she? Yeah. Also, again, I love that that final sort of few minutes because a little America, they establish that they've got an apartment because they talk about it, uh, and you, you, in a couple of exchanges of dialogue, you get how close these two are now, where he's like looking after her because it's like, oh yeah, the uh, you know the, the heating's back on, and she she immediately starts to move, and he's like, no no no, no you're not using this as an excuse to hide inside all day. Yeah, and, and you kind of get this idea. Yes, he he still loves his wife, obviously, but he's to a degree moved on. Like, he's assumed she was dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, you get that sense, because when he gets the note, when he gets the letter, he starts crying. And yeah. his acting's actually phenomenal, because the final sh- shot, it intercuts with her, obviously, when she's reading out what, the, what it said, but his acting in that final shot is just a close-up. And again, it's, it's that same thing where he's so, like, the rest of the world's faded away, it's just him, that's why it's a yeah. close-up. And it's also kind of, you know, shaky, handheld, uh, occasionally getting out of focus, it's, you know, again... Yeah. emulating his emotions perfectly but what I love about his acting in that scene is that there's like shock and then it turns to happiness and then it turns to sadness as he realises what she's going through it's yeah like he's, he's like laughing and crying at the same moment yeah. isn't he he's laughing because she's alive and that makes him happy and then it turns to sadness and tears because he realises his wife is being raped systematically yeah and, and he's probably going I abandoned her there for you know three years that she's been living this now, and and he didn't try and do anything. And I I, I don't think anyone would blame him though, because we we see what he goes through, we see what he tries. Oh, of course. Like he 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 is, and I I think that what I like about this is like he he like everyone's a victim here. <laughs> Absolutely everyone's. You could argue, obviously, some more than others, certainly, but like. You know, any, anyone who disagrees with a society has been hung. Like, they're, they're being killed. They're made, made an example of It's, like, just complete fear. Yeah. Uh, and this whole, you know, little America, I'm using like in and of itself. This little safe haven. Do you know, I noticed, because I think we heard a long time ago how there was only two two stars left on the flag. Yeah. And I was looking at the flags in the background. The stars are all still there, but only two of them are filled in. Ah, okay. I get it. I idea that maybe they could get them back. Like, yeah, yeah, they they, they they still exist, but they're not they're not they're not whole. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. And obviously, you see them walking through the halls of this uh, this government building, and it's just like all the photos of the missing people or people who they hope to get back. Yeah. Uh, so no, and actually, another little detail, like again with the mythology, I like that look and the other like this little band of survivors only heard rumours about what was happening to, like you know the, the handmade stuff they like yeah. they didn't really know what the system was yet they were just kind of like oh they were they were you know trying to like track down fertile women they were trying to get a hold of them they didn't really know what they were doing yet yeah, uh, it just shows you how how new and how quickly this sprung up yeah uh, but I, I like that aspect of it the the, the, the rumours and you know what, what is this uh, but no, I, I I thought it was a very interesting episode in that point, and I, I thought I thought Luke as well. Now that we know he's alive and that he's you know he's going to be a main character, that we maybe don't see too often, but I think when we do see him, it'll be a big deal. Yeah, he's he's a he's been reestablished as a major player in the game. Yeah, and obviously we're getting him a lot in flashbacks up until now, but I think having an episode from his perspective sets him up as this main character where we care about him. He goes through all this because everything's from his perspective. And this when it goes to the flashbacks. And it's you know the moments where the the, the friendly neighbor comes by and you think oh wait is he because because obviously they've ran they've escaped to this house in the middle of nowhere where they're pr- presumably safe for now 
yeah. and this neighbor comes by and they like oh we need to leave because he might actually be like you know you know going back to you know the, the nazi germany uh, like the idea of uh, someone who's just going to blow the whistle immediately yeah yeah it could be an informant just because yeah. it does it, it's, it's to his benefit yeah, and it turns out he's not. It actually, t- you know, he comes back later on, and it turns out no, he's like no, the guy who helps you is dead. Uh, if you if you make a run for it, you might. Yeah, yeah, I've got someone on the on the the border waiting for you. Yeah, uh, and obviously that leads into where it lines up with the first episode and the flashbacks. Yeah. But yeah, uh, no, I, I thought this was uh, it was good stuff. I I, I think it was a a very big like I've said it before, but it was a very big mythological episode where it builds all of the. It builds the world for us. I feel like I've got a much better sense of what this place is now. Yeah, because so much of it we've spent in the one town. You know, like the the one little. You know, most of it's been in like one house. Yeah. And but it's like, oh no, we're seeing different countries in this. We're really getting a sense of. It. Obviously, last episode we got okay. There's people from Mexico, and we get okay. They've got their problems. Stuff's going on there. Now we see a bit in Canada. It's like okay, we're putting some context into the world as, it, a, as a whole. But again, it works really well from a focus point of view because we're, when we're with. When we're off offered, everything is just—it's almost like that cone she's wearing is actually like a, a, a you know, a filmmaking device where everything is in this little narrow view. It's everything that's around her and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. She can't see the bigger picture. She can only yeah. see what's what's in her vision. Yeah. So, but the idea that we now have a character that we can cut to who does have more knowledge, who does see more of this stuff elsewhere. Yeah. Because uh, you know when it, when it said three years later, then it said Little America. <laughs> you know. Yeah. To yeah, Toronto, yeah, yeah. Canada, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, and no, and again, teasing me with the snow, you bastards. I know, I know. God damn it! You know, I've been thinking about this show a lot this mm-hmm. week because you know we we kind of learned how this went down was there was these terrorist attacks and then there was you know the the soldiers were deployed to the streets, mm. and obviously this past week we had the the Ma- Manchester in in the UK happened. And the response to that was, let's put soldiers on the streets. Mm. And obviously, I'm not jumping to conclusions, but this was just, as I was reading the news, I was like, this was just in my mind, because obviously I've been watching this these these past few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't jump to... Don't get me wrong, though, I do think a lot of this show is a warning. It's like a... Pay attention and, to what's going it. on. That's it, isn't it? It's like, oh man, you know, like the the there are legitimate threats, but you know, if you're not careful, this is what happens. And it, you just look at this, and I'm going, hmm. People need to be careful. Sure, uh, you you ended this on a. I mean, not that this is a cheery conversation typically, because the 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 show is such a heavy topic. But you, you just brought it into the real world, and I think made us I all did, depressed. I did, and I think, but that's that's kind of what this show is trying to do it's trying to be relevant to the i mean it's not trying to be relevant to the real world it is relevant to the real world and it's kind of sad that this story from from the 80s is so relevant today oh it's the same because we've been working our way through star trek and they do it they do episodes about race and stuff like that and it's like this is this is shocking how relevant this still is exactly and it's just it's sad isn't it yeah i mean nearly 60 years later and the episodes of star trek are still making points that on a large scale, people still seem to have not <laughs> quite grasped, and it's just what was yeah. it going to take? You know, movies and TV, TV especially right now, seems to be doing so much to like. Well, I mean, that's it throughout history, isn't it? Art yeah. comes from places of pain, and uh, you know, often it is a reflection of what's going on in the world oh, at sure. that time. But I, I feel like 
just just in the last couple of years, I feel like it's more so than it has been throughout most mm. of my life. I guess is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I, I, no, I agree with that. I'm noticing a lot more allegories, a lot more, you know, political messaging, a lot, just a lot of things. It's like, yeah, and, here, and think some of it, this. I think it's maybe we're just more aware and we're noticing it more. But some oh, sure. of them are definitely they're actively trying harder uh, and yeah. going, no, this is the point of uh, this. Yeah, I do think that's part of it. I, I do think when you're a kid, when you're even a teenager, I don't think you start noticing this kind of thing until you're maybe hitting your twenties, mm. because you're just not thinking about the world that way. But I think. I think it helps, certainly. I think, you know, the more people who are a bit younger watching, growing up watching stuff with positive messaging, you know, I, th- I think, like, Zootopia, for example, is a an animated movie that I think does a lot for, you know, shaping how a kid thinks about certain issues. I agree, because obviously it, it boils down race and pretty much every minority of any kind that you want to think of and boils them down into cute furry animals. But it's digestible for a kid, but the, the message is still there. Yeah, the point is still there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you, you hope it gets through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. All right, okay, we went on a really weird, serious uh, tangent there at the end, but uh, that is that is The Handmaid's Tale, episode seven. Let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments. Uh, like, subscribe, get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Individual Twitters are on the screen. If you want to support the channel, head over to mailedfuzztv on patreon.com and you can uh, see what some bonuses are over there. But otherwise, guys, that's us. So thank you once again for watching. Have you got any vanilla?